Hey, welcome back. You're listening to episode number eight of the Growth Lab. And I thought, what a better episode to celebrate the 8th of March, International Women's Day, than the show's eighth episode, eh? So, as you may already know, March in many countries around the world is a proclamation on women's history. The mission or purpose behind this day is to honor the women and girls who have paved our path and have had important social, economic, cultural, or political achievements, but also to bring awareness and reignite the debate around gender equality, women's roles in society, and also just to talk about what it is to be a woman in today's world and everything that that entails. Because although we've come a very long way, there's still pending subjects and work to be done. Unfortunately, there's still many women who nowadays have to deal with unfair treatment, inequality, implicit bias, macro and micro aggressions, as well as specific challenges and struggles that stem directly from the condition of being a woman, looking or acting like a woman. So I didn't want to let the opportunity to discuss about all of this slip because I feel speaking up about these topics and openly discussing them with others is an incredibly important part of changing things for the better and creating a world that is not just built to make one part of the population comfortable and successful, but a world where the feminine energy is equally celebrated, valued, and praised, so that anyone who identifies themselves as women will also feel safe, comfortable, and with the same opportunities to succeed and progress. So yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And it's not just going to be myself ranting about this, but I've invited another incredible woman so that we can have a conversation on these topics. So if this speaks to you, if this gets you excited, if you want to learn more about this, stick around for this episode. Welcome to The Growth Lab, a monthly podcast for ambitious go-getters, creative souls, and lifelong learners. I am your host, Maitane Zarate, and my purpose with the show is to exchange experiences, encourage positive change, and inspire healthy growth. If you're new around here, you might want to check out the archive and show notes at anchor.fm slash the growth lab. I hope you'll enjoy the shared path towards learning how to live more intentionally, improve ourselves and get the fuel we need to get one step closer to our dreams and goals. I take my shoes off. I walk into a house that smells like scented candles and breathes coziness through every corner. The light is coming in beautifully through the windows and Bea greets me with a hug and a cup of tea. There's a calm meditation playlist in the background that conveys the same chill vibes as her. In fact, I feel Bea's house is a perfect extension of her being. Warm, cozy, and makes you feel comfortable from the get-go. Bea's an executive at Nike. She is now an experienced manager, focusing on digitally transforming the way Nike goes to market. During these past years, she has been exploring new ways to disrupt the way we work within the corporate world, as well as how we manage people and projects, by taking into account nature cycles and her own. I was really intrigued to find out more about her unique management approach, as well as to learn more about how she brings the feminine energy into it all, and what are some of the things that she has learned along her journey as a female manager. In this episode, you'll hear us talk about celebrating the feminine energy, accepting life's natural duality and our own, gender stereotypes, living in alignment with the world's natural cycles, discovering and embracing all the seasons, including the ones that are part of our own menstrual cycle, and about how we can bring more diversity into leadership roles. So if any of this speaks to you, I invite you to join us and stick around for this very flowy, a bit all over the place, but definitely passionate conversation. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Bea Estragues. Hello, Bea. Welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have you here today and for our conversation on these topics. And really glad to just have you join this little growth journey in the podcast. Um, as a manager in Nike, I'm really interested to have your experience and insights on 
female leadership, but also just in general uh, to talk about the feminine energy as a concept, to dissect it a little bit, um, and also really intrigued uh, about your unique view or approach in integrating the natural cycles into the way you operate in life and in your management approach. So yeah, maybe just to start with and to get a little bit into context, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this position, not just the management position, but also your your view in female leadership and your approach when it comes to natural cycles integrated in management? Thank you for having me here. Um, maybe just start a bit with who I am and how I made it to, to the manager position and to Amsterdam where I'm currently living. So I was born and raised close to Barcelona in an area in the forest, uh, really connected to nature. And that's probably also the reason why the corporate and nature keep coming up in my life. Oh, cool, yeah. Um, then when I finished my business degree, I moved to Amsterdam for an internship where it started as, yeah, I really want to work in the sporting goods industry. It looks so cool, so dynamic, so forward-looking, and the brand campaigns are so, yeah, um, how to say it? Like, they really have a stand on the politics and yeah. what's going on around. So I was like, you know, I want to be there. Whatever that feels like, whatever that is, I, I really want to experience it. Um, and it started as an internship, and then I got a job. It was a really operational job. I had mm. probably one of the most tough times um, getting through it and killed part of my creativity, but it came the other side. Um, someone new came in, a new manager, which has always been like a great influence for me, whoever I'm working with directly. Yeah. Um, and slowly I evolved. So I was working with yeah, go-to-market processes for our partners and then moving our internal processes and how to evolve all of that to digital still having the structure and the dynamics of a corporate environment but having the flexibility to decide by projects to choose the areas to focus on to be able to support and be able to flow which i also acknowledge that yeah. maybe, maybe some of the topics we'll discuss here some people will be listening and say hey Absolutely. i cannot allow myself to go with the cycles i i work every day and i need to deliver the same thing day after day yeah because maybe it's a much more rigid framework yeah that people are a bit stuck with which maybe we can change in the future i'm still really Hopefully. positive yeah yeah and yeah, maybe just before we dive into it, uh, to give a little bit of caveats, we want to just note that the two of us are in a quite privileged position to be talking about this. We're white women in Europe who have had soft, like mushy environment to, to be in and to develop in. Um, so while we talk about this topic and we develop on it, we are aware that women around the world are having vastly different experiences. So maybe it's important to point that out as well. Yeah. Amen, sister. Yes, <laughs> set the ground. We're going to talk about feminine energy and feminine leadership, which is not related to females, but at the end, we're both born women. We identify as women. Yeah, so maybe women. already to, to make a note on that, perhaps like um, the feminine energy is not just part of, females or people who identify themselves as women um i think it's it's part of us and it, it belongs to all of us in a way but perhaps we haven't allowed ourselves to channel it or or externalize it as much maybe because of uh we've always been conditioned in the way that if your gender is male you're going to be conditioned to externalize a more masculine energy and if your gender is female or if you're a woman, you're going to be conditioned to externalize a much more feminine energy. I, I love this topic. Uh, for me, it has been my journey the last years. And yeah, coming in in a, in a world of business, you have all these role models. And all of them, I think, will be this idea of an overachiever, someone that go-getter, that knows everything, someone that is super structured, goal-oriented, so free and so assertive. Um, and you struggle to see in yourself all of those qualities, or maybe you see some, but then there's another part of you that you bring that is the nurture, the care, the collaboration, the capacity to actively listen to someone. Yeah. That I, 
I struggled to see around me and I was like, where is my role model around this? And I realized that it didn't have anything to do with gender around is this a woman or a man, but it's more about is this person embracing the whole of their being? Yeah. Is this person having both like their feminine and their masculine? Um, Eastern countries, they would say the yin and the yang, True, Shakti yeah. and Shiva. It's It comes back constantly to this dualism that we mm-hmm. everyone is complete by itself but the world we live in has and it hasn't been like that forever but the last 2000 3000 years we've been just diminishing and denigrating the feminine to something that has to be tamed to something that needs to be controlled to something that it's weak something that doesn't serve us because we want to be productive and deliver and but that's not reality now that's not what we need so yeah. there's something that needs to change fundamentally. Yes, I, I agree. And also because the perhaps that the world that was created or the systems that have been created have been accommodating that type of, of energy in a more masculine um, profile. And even if you see like, a few sneak peeks back on what this diminishing of the feminine and this over-indexing on the masculine have created, is a society where males struggle to share from their heart, where they yes. don't share emotions, where there's a lot of suicide and loneliness and, and crime related to this lack of, of expression, while the feminine on the other side is seen as something weak, something needy, something... Yeah. yeah. It's all of these stereotypes in the end, right? It's uh, We're sort of like, without even realizing it, we are put into sort of two boxes and uh, you're sort of limited to that. You're expected to have a certain behavior, act a certain way, look a certain way, just because you have been put into one box or another. But then that comes with, I think, a lot of struggles and mostly internal struggles, sadly, uh, that are not always externalized. And as you say, yeah, we have a lot of cases of uh, depression or mental health issues suffered by men just because I think they it feels lonely and isolating not to be able to to express yourself fully and to just show emotion and, and to know that it is okay to cry mm. and to express um, it must be so so lonely yeah yeah and having this external pressure right to to be a certain way and that you're not you don't feel comfortable enough for example going to your mate and just like having a mental breakdown and being like mm. I- how, how nurturing is that every time you go to a friend just say like I'm a mess and then you cry and then you feel renewed you're yeah. like almost new again you like take this whole burden off of you mm. Mm. and I really like that especially like I think in women I really see this vulnerable connection be- between friends that you can really be emotional and vulnerable and share yeah all everything that's going in you without feeling that you're going to be judged but that's the easy part then it also comes with difficulties on the other hand as well because perhaps the same reason why you're put into this box you feel more fearful to be assertive or direct or disagree Mm. or uh take power from others or you know Mm -hmm. so it's like it has both a good and a bad side mm. to it. Like that limitation and being like putting everyone into different boxes doesn't do any of us a favor really. And it's just diminishing our whole selves, like you were saying, like our entirety of who we are. And that's also why I think it's important to identify those things in yourself and to be able to to just observe yourself and, and think like, wait, maybe I'm doing this because it's a learned behavior. I don't know. I think we also do that to ourselves in a way. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. The self hijacking. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I I think a lot of us experience that to a point. I don't know if maybe like mm. there's definitely I know I have uh, multiple yes. ways how I do that to myself. But maybe what are the things that you identify in yourself that sometimes feel like self-sabotage or like you're holding yourself back unconsciously? Mm-hmm. I need to start by saying that I had the best allies around me. I had, ever since I started, Naki specifically, but also my family and friends, whenever they see me doing something that they know it's less than my higher self, or I'm just making myself small, I always had the, yeah, the amazing gift that someone was next to me to tell me, 
I think you should do this differently. Because mm-hmm. first starting by saying that doesn't matter how much self-awareness you have, that it's so difficult to see what are the things that you're doing unconsciously because that's yeah. why they're your unconscious. Um, exactly. And with that said, I think the, the first tip I got when I just joined, I was two weeks in as an intern and my manager set me aside at the time and said, Bea, I, I have something to say to you, like a feedback from meetings. I was like terrified. What have I done wrong? Of course, you're already like thinking of all the things that you've done wrong. And I said, of but, but I've, I've barely opened my mouth. And her feedback was, I realized that when you speak in meetings, you start strong. And after 10 to 20 seconds, your voice starts slowing, low, low, and you, then you start talking super quickly, super quickly, because you don't <laughs> want to take the space. So just breathe, take the space, and no one is in a hurry. Oh, in my God. every meeting, just take yes. the space when talking and speak in the pace, in the tone, in the language. Like just do it in your own way. Yeah, I agree. Like, I can identify so much with that because sometimes I feel that when I'm, I don't know, in a room where I'm not fully comfortable in or I see a bit challenging, I will either speed up a lot mm. Uh, mm. just not to be the protagonist you know which is like I feel like I'm taking something from someone else which is not true but no. it just feels like that in a way so I would either speed up or yeah like not talk confidently enough or even sometimes ramble and over explain mm-hmm. something can we talk about the rambling for a second sure uh, sure <laughs> rambling in emails can we mention that one or in messages <laughs> hey team I was wondering if you would think that maybe this would be a good idea. I am not <laughs> sure. Hope this mail is useful. Just in case you were wondering. Girl, just say, hey, I have this idea. What? Let's implement it. Any comments? Or what would you say you about trying this? a whole Bible to say, hey, this is a great idea. Let's mm. do this. Or I thought about this. What do you think? Does it ever happen to you? Because for me, it was... I, I write Bibles to explain what I'm doing, like what, uh, like, yeah. that, you know, but I don't know. I, it's like, uh, I guess a behavior that like a pattern that you're used to just like over explaining things a little bit too much. Justifying. Justifying. Yeah. Over justifying mm-hmm. things. Same thing. What else? I think the, the body, body position, yeah. like body language is so important and how many times do you come into space or even before opening, even in your house, opening a Zoom call and your shoulders suddenly go, go in, go, sh- yeah, I'm, I'm a full, yeah, I'm doing all this body language. No one can <laughs> see it. But what it, when your shoulders suddenly shrink and your head goes a bit down, you lose eye contact with the people because you're struggling to even do eye contact with your own soul. And yeah. then you just come into the space feeling like a shrinked grandma. Your body just does what your mind is doing, right? Yeah. So, like, if you're closing down, your body is like shutting down. If you're, yeah, like, girl, we see that insecure, yeah. then you're like twitching and moving all the time, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a really, I think, a really important um, skill to have professionally, but also just not to expose it, but to actually feel that way, you know, just not like, okay, I've worked on my body language and and communication to appear confident but actually like I've developed enough inner confidence that my body just follows along you know and you can also fake it till you make it true like just come into a room as if you are like the biggest boss in that space yeah and then your body will show and then that would send some signs to your mind saying hey you're amazing you're incredible you've got this don't you see all the confidence that you have yeah sometimes like even putting that like putting on that costume let's say of like okay I'm just gonna get in there and like be confident or I'm gonna show up in the whatever even if it's a virtual meeting assuming but I'm this confident person and even if you're faking it you'll end up feeling it just because of like the attitude you go in with there's yeah like so many different things it's also like asking questions you know asking enough questions being like you have the questions in your mind your mouth just doesn't open (laughs) yeah because you have that little voice that says, is that a stupid one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't you think that they mentioned that already? Um, yeah. yeah. I, I voice, I, like, I put a name to my voice. Okay. Tell uh, me for, about this. For, for me, she's my critic. Yeah. And it works. And when she, she speaks up, I'm like, 
Thank you, critic. I hear you. I just didn't invite you to this part of this conversation. <laughs> and then the moment that you assigned like a bit of a personality to your critic, it stops being yourself. Okay, yeah, because it's, you kind of like de detach it from yeah. you. It's like you bring a bit the awareness of, okay, I understand. Um, I understand that you're here to protect me. I understand that you're here to tell me that I'm a bit in a risky situation mm -hmm. or that I'm uncomfortable. Thank you for coming. But I'm not going to pay attention now. I'm kicking you out now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just giving it the space. And then the more you pay attention to your critic, the less he wants to come. Yeah. Because he just likes to come. Or sh for me, it's a he. Because it's really the kind of masculine. Yeah. <laughs> you're not doing it right. Okay. Perfectionist. So it, it's it's a he. My, my critic. Okay. It's an old man. Okay. Really grumpy. With a mustache. And just like He's so grumpy. <laughs> He's so grumpy. Yeah. So, yeah, just. Bringing that also yeah. space between you and your voice sometimes helps. Yeah, um, I think that's that's a big one for myself as well. Like, I don't know at which point, but I really think like imposter syndrome is a real thing. And um, but I always saw myself as quite a confident person in general. I also think I've always had very good allies, as you said, like, I think I've had the most supportive circle ever. Even when I doubted myself, I always have people telling me, no, it's going to go well. You're going to do it. You're going to succeed. And that's also very important. But I think depending on which situations you encounter yourself in your life, and there will be many in the future, um, that voice inside your head, this grumpy old man with a mustache that you were talking <laughs> about, I think they come back and sometimes they're louder. Mm. And so you start to see like, how you start to have more these self-sabotaging thoughts. And I think being conscious about it, and as you say, like being more the observer of that and deciding that you are not that, like that is a thought. Yes. You know, like detaching yourself from that is really important because I don't know if it's just like the many years of like... Conditioning. Conditioning, exactly, that, that we have uh, have behind us that make us naturally a little bit more insecure or like doubt ourselves more but it's just I feel it doesn't let me be my best self mm -hmm. and it doesn't like it's keeping me holding me back from my potential and sometimes the best way to overcome it is just like okay I'm scared and I'm still gonna do it mm -hmm. like, I'm still gonna speak up I'm mm -hmm. still gonna ask the stupid question exactly yeah. and maybe ask yourself like am I not doing it because I'm afraid if that's the case, then yeah, just go for it. Yeah. Or maybe think if I had been raised as a guy, I mean, is it because I'm conditioned as a woman? Would a guy be the same? Mm. And I, I know sometimes would be like, at the beginning, I would imagine I had a dick. I would be like, what if I had <laughs> uh, like a massive dick and I would come into these spaces <laughs> with this massive dick? And it helps and me. Energy. Yeah. It helps me. And then, like two years ago, I cut my dick because I understood I didn't want to carry it with me anymore <laughs> into meetings because I want to bring something else. So it's yeah, maybe being aware that like you can actually be who you choose mm -hmm. to be. Like you can try to bring out more a certain type of energy to help you like balance yes. the way you're yeah just yeah. operating mm -hmm. and, and what you do. See maybe which one you know you're. And maybe that's something we can touch base at some point. But like, what are the adjectives linked to the feminine and to the masculine? And see which ones do you usually touch upon a bit more? Which yeah. ones are more resonating within you, within your family and relationships, within work, within your personal romantic life? Because that mm -hmm. also applies it like within your spiritual world. Like what's what energies are you leveraging more in every area? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really like eye-opening a little bit to see that there's a broader scope of attributes in the masculine feminine uh spectrum and we were talking about this before you just mentioned like we've been talking a little bit about the wounded feminine to call it in a certain way and yeah that's the one that's a little bit more insecure and uh maybe puts other people's needs first and so on but hey, there's also a healthy feminine and a powerful mm, feminine. A goddess feminine. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> So could you like tell me a little bit about this, about maybe for the listeners also to have a more clear picture yeah. of both sides of the spectrum and then how one can flip to become a little bit mm -hmm. more toxic or immature yes. and the other one as well? Mm, I love that. This is probably the thing that was the biggest eye-opener for me as 
as someone that now started leading people and especially leading myself ever since I started working. Um, and maybe I'm just going to mention them and let them yes. sync with the listeners and see how that resonates within you. If you're listening and you're in a place that you can close your eyes, maybe even close your eyes, just relax and, and feel into the words as I talk about the feminine. So the feminine is surrender, receptivity, adaptability, intuition, creativity, beauty, flow, sensuality, nurturing, affection, sharing. Feminine is, is your gentle side, is your patience, your vulnerability, your empathy, inclusion, the openness, the variety, the trust, and the harmony. Um, and the masculine, the, the healthy masculine, because then I will touch base on what the, the wounded or immature would look like and probably what we imagine of the masculine. But a healthy masculine is, is freedom, is direction, is the logic in you, is the reason, the focus, it's integrity, structure, stability, the passion that moves you, independence, discipline, confidence, awareness, discernment, authenticity, strength, clarity, assertiveness, order, and convergence. This convergence is like aligning who you are, what you do, what you say, mm -hmm. kind of living in alignment. And then maybe when, when hearing this, also you start seeing how one area has been over-indexed in, in our world and one area has been really left aside for just nurturing the family and being home which wow if all the nurture that we receive as kids could be put in the outside world mm -hmm. the capacity to create of the feminine could be leveraged at every single level realities that we've probably seen a bit of a different side of what the feminine and masculine is which maybe touching quickly on this um, what we've seen of the feminine or that idea of the female if you look at movies that maybe 20 years ago and back it's already like this needy, this dependent, uh, this unfocused personality, weak, irrational, manipulative. But it's not only like females, it's really you see that profile of character usually in movies that can also be a male. But it's this person that it's not too, like doesn't have a direction at all, doesn't know what they're doing. And then for the masculine movies, it's what we see today. And it's so, so sad to witness every single day when you see the news when you acknowledge what we what we're doing and the way we're living and it's this aggressiveness it's cruelty it's arrogance it's insensitivity violence this hunger to power and this emptiness spiritually like that is what it probably looks like to be an imbalance with yeah exactly. any of these two sides mm -hmm. so it's a matter of playing a little bit with these two energies and and experimenting with them, not limiting ourselves to the box that we've been put in. So yeah, I think for me, like working and thinking in these words and seeing how it resonated within different sides of me, and maybe makes how the sister there, as sister to my sister, would be fully feminine, but uh, the lady boss bear that I was trying to do was fully masculine. And I was like, I'm just missing part of myself. Yeah. For any part of my life, if I only bring half of it. Yeah, like being able to bring your full self yes. and different parts of you come out in different situations. But I think it's discovering them more deeply and maybe even playing around with them and like mm. deciding, okay, maybe I'm going to bring this out to play yes. now. Make it fun, make it fun, make it fun. Yes. And how do you like bring this into your management? So yeah, how does this come on my on my day to day at work? Um, I, I recognize that myself, if I'm the leader of a team or even a leader of a project, my role is not to get my ideas through and make sure that I shine the most, but my role is to hold a space that feels safe, where that encourages collaboration and builds trust among the people in it. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's probably the epiphany of what feminine leadership is about. I was just going to say, I was just going to say that these are probably, yeah, that is an approach that we probably see more with female leaders. Yeah. And 
also like you see the reactions from the team as well when you come into space and you don't need to know it all but you actually start by saying hey this we have this issue to solve and i have no idea how to do it that's why i'm going to make sure to create the space the structure the environment that you need in order to yeah come work with together work so together we can solve it work together yeah and that brings so much resilience to a team like yeah. so much capacity to be flexible as well because it's not like you're rigid you keep yeah. flowing throughout also the issues maybe even sets an example for the rest mm -hmm. as you already come into the room uh imperfect like mm -hmm. well i don't know it all i'm not coming here knowing exactly how this meeting is going to go or what the result is mm -hmm. um but i am going to give everyone the space and the confidence they need to help mm -hmm. solve it together mm -hmm. and for me someone that shows vulnerability from the start just means that they are so confident mm -hmm. and so courageous and courageous really meaning that they they work from their, their heart yeah and they lead from that place because then you're you know deep down that you're just another human you know you let go yeah. of the ego the title whatever you're carrying with you or whatever roles you're playing today yeah it's all that energy can be can be put into creating and collaborating rather than competing and putting your mask on. And for example, how do you, within the team, in creating the space of, for people to be mm -hmm. comfortable to share and to collaborate, how do you also maybe encourage other women to... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I might put an example, actually. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with an example in this one. And it's... Um, the the intern of my team she came in six months ago and when she joined um straight away i was like okay we're gonna work on your development plan personally professionally like for the business and then for the team of how you're improving with the team and first things first i was like personally in 12 months from now when your internship finishes you're gonna be pussy empowered <laughs> and she looked at me she was like what <laughs> i was like pussy empowered It's different for every person, but I feel like there's a lot of using your voice, a lot of using all that. She's such a caring and loving and smart woman. I was like, all of that, keep it raw, like keep your core. And what we're going to do here is just make sure that that flourishes yeah. without trying to change it, you know, while remaining who they are. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like, actually, this is a, a, a point that I really want to touch as well. Like, let's say. I have a certain personality for me to be successful I don't need to be a shark like maybe mm -hmm. I don't need to come into the place and be this like competitive direct um, dominant mm -hmm. woman maybe that doesn't go with my personality I have a different style and I can still be successful and a good leader like mm -hmm. those roles can change and I, I like the way that you say that you adapt this to The different people that come into your into your exactly. team exactly and everyone is in their own journey and you have to understand like yeah wh where are they now and how you can support them to go further i think that's the maximum role of someone that is a leader because then if every single person in the world feels this seen this appreciated this taken care of wow it everything changes you know yeah and that also helps with representation mm -hmm. like people will see different kinds of leadership mm -hmm. and different kind of successful people in the workplace that yeah. don't all have to look the same to be confident or powerful or successful and never underestimate how much you can inspire or influence someone just by being yourself mm -hmm. like you have no idea how many people can can be amazed and learn from the way you are in meetings the way you talk in in an email the way you come across to a colleague and offer a coffee like yeah never underestimate how much you can shine a light on other people just by being wherever you are yeah i feel sometimes we are the first ones to underestimate ourselves yes. well other people who knows they might like look up to you or admire you or be inspired by you but you're just like sometimes you don't see it from the inside i also was curious about um Within your management approach, you mentioned you like to take into account natural cycles. Um, so can you tell me a little bit more about this? Because I think it's a very unique uh, concept of some, something I never heard about before. 
So yeah, I started using, it started with my own cycle. So as a woman with a womb, I go through my menstrual cycle every 28 days. And I had a great mentor, actually a great manager that she recommended that I start looking into my menstrual cycle just for work. Um, and I realized that there was so much I could do when I stopped working linearly and start thinking of cycles. So it was like birth, growth, kind of moving into death, death, rebirth. Mm -hmm. When you start using that for your day-to-day, -day, for your projects, for the way you interact with people and you work, suddenly you move away from being constantly on this close to burnout or trying to run on this rat race, but you start moving on your own cycle. And it doesn't only apply for the menstrual cycle, it's also for the moon cycles, which affect all animals, including ourselves. And it's also about the cycles of the season, like spring, summer, autumn, and winter. So I have a bit of a, of a cheat box, something that I, I like to share with people and maybe take, take you on a journey of what a year or mm -hmm. okay. the, the, the seasons can look like for a project manager yeah. or for someone that is a freelancer, maybe. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd like to hear about this. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to do the parallelis like parallelism with my menstrual cycle and the moon. Because I think for maybe a man that is listening, because like I also want to be regenerative and go in cycles, you can always use the moon. Okay. And then the seasons, it, have, it happens for all of us. Yes. So it starts um, in spring. So spring is the time for planting seeds, for rebirth, for sprouting new ideas and concepts. Um, as a woman, that comes just after your period, between the day 8 and 16, between your period and your ovulation. That moment, you're the most creative you're going to be. You are great at brainstorming. You have so many ideas and so many thoughts and so much energy. You can barely structure it. And that's just fine. That's your moment to gather with the team to get ideas flowing. And if you're following the moon, that will be just after the new moon. Okay. So the first kind of seven days. So everything's blooming in this moment. Kind of, yes. Stage. Seven to 14 okay. days. Yes, everything okay. is blooming. Everything is starting. And then you move into summer. Summer is the season of growth, of shine, of connection, of communication. When it comes to your menstrual cycle, that's your ovulation. That's when, girl, you're rocking it. Like, <laughs> effortlessly, you shine. Effortlessly, you share effortlessly you just attract everything that you want you're a magnet for awesome things basically it's like those it happens between two or three days but you're a magnet like your whole body is activated to attract to create to just be this is insane yeah i i love this like actually will feel that if you don't know this and you don't pay attention to it you won't see it but as soon as you try to like you pay attention to it it I feel it matches mm -hmm. so well and like even on a hormonal level like you can see how your energy is shifting from one stage to the other it's all inside your body and then it comes out to the external world it, completely and it stops you know how they say like oh women are roller coasters or we even <laughs> think like oh I'm a roller coaster yeah. I'm crazy I keep thinking you're not in a roller coaster. You're just in this beautiful cycle of life and you yeah. keep evolving constantly, but you live in a world that is expected you to deliver like the sun every day to come out and down at the same time, do the same thing. But you're like a moon. And the but moment you realize that. I appreciate being introduced to this uh, idea <laughs> or this concept because it is true that I think sometimes it can feel incredibly frustrating to, you know, when you're down in that roller coaster, you're like, whoa what is going mm -hmm. on like what's wrong with me like you start to even blame yourself yeah. from your mood sometimes like I even felt ungrateful you know like hey I have everything like what am I so down or moody for mm -hmm. but you're on a cycle like yeah. and the cycle has different stages and I think it's good to like acknowledge them and accept them completely and it's it's so healthy like you stop using so much additional energy for something that doesn't need it because you can go a bit like in a wave it's like do you want to serve against the wave or do you mm -hmm. want to serve on top of the wave yeah 
yeah you structure maybe even your life and like what you're doing to be aligned mm -hmm. uh, with how you're feeling mm -hmm. in in that cycle completely um that can be applied basically to anyone and even if you look now we're in spring so that's a time that maybe you feel suddenly all these ideas and all these things you want to do the coming year and it's so overwhelming just point them down like write them down yeah. and you don't need to execute all of them now you know just use all your creativity to create and there will be other moments that you will be great at mm -hmm. for execution exactly. at different stage perhaps mm -hmm. further on which maybe is a good one into we talked about the two most shiny moments of the cycle mm -hmm. and now moving to a bit more the darker side the mm -hmm. other half um, and it's into the autumn and winter so yeah. it's again a little bit like the yin and yang right? yeah like it always is has this duality in the world like you can't escape it it mm -hmm. always has like a a darker side and a brighter side ups and downs mm -hmm. and if you try to show only the light or work only with the light that would burn out at the end it's like yeah that's a bit what i see that we're doing you know overemphasizing the light overemphasizing the masculine it's like just give a chance to the other side in your mm -hmm. in you and see what For happens balance to find that balance mm -hmm. so maybe that's the time to honor that famous pms so that's the moment that as uh, as a woman you're the most connected to your intuition that you will be you know exactly what you want and why what you don't want you're great at like tidying your life of putting structure of getting things done because you're in this mood of just like yeah your body's losing its leaves let's say so I you're like declutter i, I need, need to, to get exactly. what's not serving yes. me out the, that feeling of yeah just declutter everything with projects for example it's a great moment if you use spring to brainstorm um your ovulation to communicate and put the project out there and get it flowing get new people your luteal, luteal phase, like the PMS moment, is great for letting projects kind of cut by itself. So the mm -hmm. project started expanding, see, okay, what are the topics? What are the areas that we're going to prioritize? Like, yeah, great for prioritizing. It's a moment that you'll be like on point for that. Sharper focus. Completely. And get things done. Yeah. That feels really, really difficult in your spring because you just want to be a butterfly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love the comparison. And what can you tell me about dark and gloomy winters? <laughs> mm, getting into the beautiful and dark winter and menstruation is the time for reflection, is the time for letting go. It's those five to six to seven days of pausing, of correcting things that maybe direction, like applying it to a project, yeah. like a, a project direction that is not going right, to evaluate um, the team maybe, to evaluate the dynamics. To also maybe start thinking or writing your feedback. It's not a great moment to receive feedback because okay. you're really sensitive. Mm -hmm. So it's also a moment that you can put it down. But I would encourage you to ask for feedback probably in your spring and summer because you will be way more receptive and not take it like yeah. personally. Um, and it's also a moment of reflecting on the past. So what happens if instead of going on a straight line, you have a moment every 28 days where you just pause and think what it happened? It can go by projects, it can happen in all your life, but also in your social life, maybe it's a time that you don't want to be so social. So yeah, it really applies to every single level. I'm talking a lot about work here because I think maybe that's the first one that you want to be interested. For me, that's the first knowledge that blew my mind. I was like, oh, yeah. if only I knew before. It really did when you um, <laughs> introduced this concept to me, completely new. But what I like is there you are making you're reserving uh a time for each really necessary step of your life or phase of your life like you can't always be executing you can't always just be reflecting you can't always be mourning like yeah. there's the combination of things that needs to happen for you to flourish and to yeah. and it's also another thing that i really liked about it is that you're accepting of the highs and lows of life that yes. are undeniable. You can't escape mm -hmm. them. You can't always live in a constant high. You can't always be executing. You will burn out. Like, I, I feel it brings a lot of balance mm -hmm. wherever you apply it. Yes, completely. And also peace of mind, you know, like the moment you realize by observing a tree that that tree doesn't deliver every single day of the year exactly the same, because otherwise it wouldn't live more than a winter. You know, if that yeah. tree tried to be 
full, beautiful and full of leaves in winter would die. So what happens if you also use that for yourself? Yeah. And yeah, related maybe to to the moon would be like full moon would be your ovulation, your summer when the moon is getting smaller. It's your autumn, yeah. new moon, so completely blacked out. It's winter and then waxing moon when it's growing. It's your spring. Okay. That also applies to parties. If you want to go to a great party, go during full moon because new moon people are more introverted. Hey. It applies to everything. <laughs> it's like all these tricks that you start seeing around. Yeah, that's really, really awesome because it's also a way of working in alignment with the external world in the sense of like, I think we're the only species who decide to completely ignore like and look where and we cycles. are <laughs> yeah. like we, we completely went the other side not only ignore but actually damaged it and then we realized yeah. that it's like we're anxious we're depressed we're unhappy we feel lonely we feel disconnected yeah and it can be as simple in a way as starting to connect a bit more with yeah. with the cycles around you and, and in yourself with them a little bit yeah. more so you're more in tune mm -hmm. with that Give it a try and let me know after a few cycles, like, what happens. Say, I was going to say, like, for myself and maybe for people listening that are interested in learning a little bit more about the cycles mm -hmm. and how to try to adapt your life in some mm -hmm. ways to align better with the cycles, where would you suggest as we, you know, we geek mm -hmm. out on this? There's a few amazing books, uh, one called Period Power. Um, I can give you the reference. I'm not sure about the author now, yeah. but that explains really about the beauty and of the cycles within a woman. There's also any documentary of David Attenborough. I love that like guy. <laughs> anything, anything of him, usually he takes a space, an ecosystem, and he takes you through the journey of what happens all the way from winter mm. to the following winter. That is true. I, there's many times when I'm watching like David Attenborough's documentaries at home with my flatmate that there's many things that I'm like, hey, like, why don't we, like, mm -hmm. look at these animals, what they're doing, like, yes. it's actually, like, so related to us, but we're doing it this mm -hmm. other way, like, I don't know, I see so many similarities mm -hmm. in, in the way that nature works, and I just feel it's weird that we're not more, like, working along with it, that we're kind of, like, working against it. Completely. So maybe get, just give it, like, next time you watch a nature documentary, listen within it, like, what things do every species do to evolve season yeah. on season? What's, how do they interact? How do they socialize? And we know the, the case of the bear, where they go into hibernation, but there's all these different kind of animals and plants and fungi yeah. and algae that they evolve with every season in order to, to be the best. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and even survive. to survive. Like, yeah, I basically we survive. Need, we need this to survive. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then on this, like, I think on cycles, I really would say just watch nature documentaries. Yeah. Go outside, be in nature. And if you go out now and you observe all the little sprouts coming out, oh my God, yeah. check it out in two weeks and see yeah. what happens. And then in a month and see what happens. And I think Corona and the pandemic has been a blessing. Yes, for all of us to actually, align a bit more in this area since then and like I feel lately in the last year especially I've become a much better observer of nature mm. and what I keep realizing is that there's so many lessons that we can take from just observing it mm -hmm. so for example I live really close to the park um, and I go for morning walks every day and it's really cool to like the geeks are always in the same place screaming or just doing their weird <laughs> sounds at the same time yes um and then they have babies at around the same months always this year though they came a little bit earlier also with the season which like things started sprouting a little bit earlier and i just love observing how it unfolds mm -hmm. and how it many times matches my energy my inner energy lately like with spring i just been feeling that i've been what you were saying, like much more creative and um, higher energy. And I just feel I'm like one with the season around yes. me. You know? Oh, that really oh, activates every cell of my body. Because <laughs> it's beautiful. It's magic. It's, yeah. And then you think like, when did we lose this? Yeah. When we're animals. And I think that's something yeah. that we also need to tap on more and more. 
yeah, we kind of uh, got very detached from that. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe to wrap it up a little bit and go back to um, what we were talking regarding uh, female leadership, but also to be your own version of a leader, whatever that mm -hmm. energy is. Um, what do you think we can do or what's our role in in the way to pave the generations that will come next? I would start by saying that we come from a road that has already been paved by many, many, many women behind us yeah. that came before us. We are in a very paved road compared yeah. to... <laughs> and hopefully and wishfully, like the women that come after us will be in an even more paved road. But what, what I see is that it started by being, yeah, like the, the first wave of feminism was around, we hey, we want to be humans, you know? The second wave was around, hey, we want to be like men. Mm -hmm. And now we're in a stage that it's saying like, hey, we believe that there's other ways of living in this world. Yeah. We want to be ourselves and we want everyone to have balance within them. So yes. that's where the feminine leadership comes in. It's like it's not anymore about women being in positions of power. It's about having men in positions of power as well that are fully connected to their feminine. Um, and in the end, this is not... a. Uh a feminine versus masculine men versus woman type of conversation is just acknowledging that all of these energies and behaviors and traits exist within us and how to bring the best of them in our wholeness exactly having like being able to live in a world where the feminine energy is celebrated and accepted and included mm -hmm. and you know not rather than just having to adapt to a masculine mm -hmm. world Exactly. And is there any final message that you would like to give our listeners? Um, for me, my final conclusion really would be that we're on an inflection point towards regenerative, to, towards a regenerative culture that believes that things are not lineal and that we cannot work like that. And until we figure it out, we just have to hold the gap and acknowledge that we don't have to have the answers for it all. And I would say you're you're complete as you are. Be aware of that part of you that maybe you're not letting come out so much, either if it's at work, in your romantic relationship with your friends or your family. Just be aware. And there's no need to change it now. Maybe awareness is the is the first thing that you need. Just be aware. And second, spend time in nature. Honor it. Don't try to change it the same as you and just observe it. As you said, like what happens when you go to the park? What happens when spring starts to come out? What happens when the sun is shining? How does your body react? So yeah. just be aware somehow and have a lot of fun figuring it out. Yeah, there's um, so much to learn from, indeed from nature and yeah. so much that we learned from you today. So. <laughs> I'm I'm really going to be thinking about this the following days. So thank you so much, Bea, for sharing these uh, tidbits of information with us. It was really great to have you here today. Thank you so, so much. It has been amazing.